welcome back to the VRP. Today's episode 17, and we've got some interesting pieces of news. We've got a special guest, Aaron. Um, how are we yeah, doing? Special Aaron? as in I'm here every week because it's my podcast as well, Stephen. But all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he didn't want me to reveal his government name, but we'll continue. I guess we'll go on to the first piece of news. Um, so I don't know if you're aware, but US and NATO have started withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. And I mean, it's been almost, imagine it's been 20 years that they've been in Afghanistan. I mean, I, I remember like when I was a kid, they went in and now 20 years has passed. It's crazy. Um, the withdrawal will run until uh, the 11th of September. And um, to be honest, it's happening amidst, uh, you know, a rising violence with Afghan security force uh, against the Taliban. Um, the Taliban have warned they're no longer bound by an agreement to target international troops. So they're kind of saying, look, you better hurry up and leave before we start kicking up again. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it's been a long time coming. I, I feel like these regions have their issues that they just need to deal with themselves. And if we just have to leave. Is this, like, is this not the 15th time that they've said they're going to withdraw from Afghanistan? I swear uh, Obama said he was going to withdraw from Afghanistan as well. Like I feel like we have, we hear this news story once a year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't pretty, really, pretty much. Well, don't really, finally, they're actually doing it. But are they actually doing it? That's the question because I, they, I've heard this before. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I've heard them say that they were going to withdraw troops and then they never really have. And I mean, it's not been 20 years. It's been According, long, right? yeah. Well, uh, apparently, the president's been for 20 years. This is a BBC article. And, um, but it does, it does feel like 20 years seems about right. Um, I well, guess in we 2000, were, didn't they arm the Mujahideen? To fight the USSR, and that's oh, that's USSR different. That's stopped. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were still in there via, even if it's via proxy. So I mean, I, I don't really know what. Yeah, via proxy, they they've been in there for a long time. Yeah, you're right. This is what I mean. So it's like, what do you mean by pulling out? Are you going to actually leave that country alone? Or are you going to just not intervene? Like, what what exactly is it that you're going to do when you say we're pulling out? <clears throat> we're pulling out. <clears throat> I think they mean uh, like soldiers on the ground. Um, NATO uh, and I don't know. US I, I'm soldiers. gonna take that with a with a little. I'm gonna take that. I'm not gonna take that too seriously because I've, like I said, Obama was saying he was gonna do the exact same thing. So I don't really know what happened that time when they said they were gonna pull out. Um, and how how it's. I think I think time. they were saying it, but they didn't have a plan. Like they weren't actually withdrawing. But now, like the official date is 11th of September. Is when they're no longer gonna going to be there. So. I mean, why did they pick that date? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Like very what, convenient. Yeah, it's like a very strange to kind of symbolically put September 11 when that has nothing to do with Afghanistan um, or Iraq, really, if we think about it. Mm. Well, what's so, interesting is that Donald Trump actually uh, put this into force. Um, he was the one that had the agreement with the Taliban to not attack international troops, which have kept to it so far. Although they're warning that, you know, if you don't hurry up and leave by your agreed date, we will all start attacking again. Um, I guess that's one thing, if you want to put it this way, one good thing that came out of his uh, administration. I mean, to be fair, there were, there, were, there were a few decent things, especially on the international stage that he'd done, um, Trump. I mean, didn't he have some form of like communication agreement with North Korea, which was something that yeah. I don't think they even attempted to speak to North Korea before him, so... You know, he done all right with that as well, I guess. He had a weird relationship with North Korea, though. Like, one it's day weird. he'll have a Twitter yeah. war. And then he... But it, to be honest, if you look at it, he's actually made insane progress with them. Like you said, 
Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. I mean, here's the thing, man. I'm, I'm really tired of the kind of, I don't want to say vilification of Donald Trump because he is a villain in it, but at the same time, it's like the over-the-top kind of as if he didn't accomplish anything at all. And yeah. like we've said previously on this podcast, as if the issues with American foreign policy started and ended with Donald Trump. It's just not the case. Yeah, that's naive as hell. This, <laughs> yeah, this is so naive. It's such a naive way of thinking. Like, yeah, sure, he wasn't a great guy in my opinion. But, you know, it, the, the issues there are longstanding and it's not just to do with Trump. So let's see. I mean, like we said, look, Obama said he's going to pull out. Nothing really happened since then. And then we've had Trump and now we've got Biden who's saying we're going to pull out and we've got a plan, et cetera. But I, I'm mm-hmm. just going to take it with a pinch of salt because I, I just don't know if they'll actually do it. If they do it, then great, isn't it? I mean, I mean yeah, after but- a certain point, we need to stop intervening with other countries. And maybe, who knows, maybe on their own, they'll be able to deal with the kind of security threats once we once we stop intervening and taking away their resources and so on. So yeah, and putting in puppet know. masters at the top. Exactly. I mean, yeah, demographic. If you, if you put someone in there, it's not really uh, democratic. Like, it's not really democratic if you put someone in there of your liking. But um, what I mean, boots in the ground is not the same. Is not that Taking the boots on the ground out isn't the same as leaving the country alone. There's, you know, if you're yeah. there via proxy, then you're still there. I mean, I, I can continue reading this BBC article and there's a part where it says, why are the US forces in Afghanistan? And this is what they think. So they think the September 11 attacks in America that that killed obviously a lot of people, I think around 3,000 people. Osama bin Laden, or, uh, the well-known uh, head of the terror group Al-Qaeda, was identified as a man pos- uh, responsible but but my understanding is like that has nothing to do with Afghanistan. Like he's a I mean, Saudi guy. The guy is guy. not an Afghan himself. He's a Saudi. Yeah, right? he and operated he was in Saudi Arabia. In Pakistan, right? That's where he got yeah, killed. Yeah, that's where end. he was. Yeah. Uh, and then they used 9/11 to go to war in Iraq. So it's like, where did that kind of come from? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it's just a very weird situation. It's a huge world. jump. It's it's so weird. I mean, they use this for many things. It wasn't just. I mean, they yeah, used it the for Afghanistan. Terror, yeah, yeah and you can't quantify terror. That's how how clever it is. Terror is something unquantifiable. You never know. You cannot get rid of it. So therefore, you always have a, a reason for. It's like know, the war it's, on it's drugs, weird. isn't it? It's like the, it's like using something as a boogeyman and just using that to then enact policies that don't necessarily fix the problem. They just yeah. en- enable you to do what you want to do, basically. And I, I mean, mean, you know, Tony Blair, the war criminal, he's he's still about. Yeah, and, no. you know, if we're talking about the war on terror, like we, we've seen that, especially in the UK, when they said, you know, Saddam had weapons of mass destruction and we sent soldiers in there. Millions have died since. What, mm-hmm. did, what did they really accomplish? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I, I always wanted Saddam gone. Obviously, I'm Kurdish. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he should have stayed. But, yeah. um, you know, what, what did that war accomplish? We went into that war under false pretenses. You know, Afghanistan, that whole region has been destabilized for many years. So let's see. I mean, I'm not going to say one way or another, but they've said they're going to pull out. Let's see what that means. Mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah, I, 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 don't know. I don't know. When you look at the reasoning, it's very like shallow. And again, this this Al-Qaeda thing, uh, the 9-11 attack, I think the people that performed the attack were Egyptian. I think one of them was Egyptian. The other ones were Saudis. <laughs> And who, by the way, are the closest allies to the US now? Yeah. It's all, it's all yeah, a bunch yeah. of shit. It's all a bunch of shit. Um, and also, what's funny is that after, once the things started quieting it down in Afghanistan, 
and they had it, and they um, held democratic elections where the Taliban was actually allowed to run because they were trying to integrate them, thinking that they won't win. In the end, they won by a landslide, which is hilarious. Like, I mean, that's probably through inter- intimidation tactics and stuff like that. Anyway, maybe perhaps, but but I mean, like to to uh, I mean, there's a reason why they they still operate within Afghanistan, right? It's it's not like uh, do you know what I mean there's a, a submissive group or subvert group like people know who are the Taliban yeah. it's part of is ingrained within their society it's, a, it's literally a political group before they were before they were used as uh, puppets and uh, against the USSR they were literally part of the government yeah do you know what I mean so Jardin, right? yeah. prior to this prior to this so like I, I don't know it's uh, my point is get out let them decide you know let it all settle down let them decide what they want for politics and how they want their country to be run and just leave it be yeah i mean it's a, the thing is the state the region is so destabilized it's you know it, even when the usa leave it's not going to go back to being a country of democracy and you know a science and you've got to think afghanistan at one point was one of the leading scientific countries right they they produced a lot of the best yeah. scientists in the world and uh, so on so forth so for them to get back into that sort of a society which uh, you know in my opinion is the direction that i would want any country to head towards yeah. uh, is going to take some time it's not going to happen overnight but i think any kind of foreign intervention just destabilizes the region even more so it's, it's yeah, best exactly. for everyone to just let them be for the time being um, we could be wrong, though, and, you know, we're happy to kind of have any discussion with anyone who thinks otherwise, um, especially if you're from Afghanistan and you're listening to this podcast and you think we should maybe take some other things into consideration, just get in touch. We're happy to, you know, discuss it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If so, what's, let's move on to another story. I think that was a quite a heavy one to start on, but... All right. Um, so perhaps sticking to the Trump thing. I mean, we remember when he was running and there was a whole fiasco with Twitter banning him from their platform. Uh, recently, a controversial new bill uh, was announced, uh, basically stopping tech companies from deplatforming politicians. And it's been approved by both houses in Florida. So this is a thing in Florida. Uh, the bill must now be signed off by uh, Trump's ally, the governor in Florida, which he probably will do. Um, this legislation allows platforms to suspend accounts, but only for 14 days. So they can't do a perma ban. And then if they do violate this, they could be uh, fined as much as £250,000 sorry, per day for violating the law. So, I mean, this is probably Trump change to, to these platforms, but it's still, do you know what I mean? It's, it's something that they're standing against. And I guess politicians don't want to be excluded from that realm. I mean, I don't know what you think about that. Um, do you think it's good? Do you think like this legislation... Uh, what deserves does it a mean place by politicians though? like is it do you have to be elected into office it, it, it doesn't specify so that this is what i'm saying i mean i'd like to know more about that so if it's like you're an active politician who has been picked into a you know who has a seat in parliament or in, has a seat in congress or whatever then you can't be deplatformed to an extent i can understand that because you mm. have to speak to your constituents right you have to be able to speak to people and tell them what you're doing with regards to the city or the county or wherever they live in, right? But if this is, oh, you've deplatformed someone for being a neo-Nazi, for example, uh, but no, you can't because that's a political opinion and so therefore you have to give them more of a platform. 
then I don't necessarily agree with that. And I mean, would this even encapsulate Donald Trump? Would Donald Trump get his Twitter account back? Because he's not an active politician at the moment. Mm. Uh, he was the president. He isn't the president anymore. He's not like a senator or a you know governor of anything. He's just a guy at the moment. Yeah, that's so true. He wouldn't get his account back. So yeah, they don't. They I, don't like specify the ins and outs of the. Of they don't specify, but I totally agree. Like, okay, if it's like you know an official person in a proper position, I think they should have the right to keep their accounts um, because they voice people. Like they they've been elected for a reason, and they voice people's voices, whether you agree with it or not. And it, I feel like it still should be allowed to be you know heard. But like you said, at what point do you say, all right, this is not a politician. This is just a you know, it's political like group. Preacher, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like a Katie Hopkins or a Tommy Robinson who've been deplatformed, for example, do they do they now get back there? Like, obviously, this is in California or what, Florida. Or Florida, is, yeah, yeah. So it's in Florida. So obviously, we, this doesn't encapsulate the UK. But like, if we think on the grand scheme of things, like if they do it in one place, they might do it in other places. Like, for example, if they were to do this uh, in England, would that mean that somebody like, for example, a Katie Hopkins or a Tommy Robinson who pretty much spews hate and nothing else? Uh, will will you know um, have their accounts back so that they have more of a platform to reach more people to spew their hate and push it even further, mm. or is it is it just going to be literally you are an elected MP and so you, we can't take away your social media because that's how you communicate with the people who voted for you, or is it like if you're running for a spot, then do you get your account? So for example, you're you're a candidate. Do you get your account? So in which case, for example, a Tommy Robinson, a Katie Hopkins, a Donald Trump would be able to just say, oh, we're running for this spot to get their account back so that they have the platform to build. I mean, it's interesting because if you think about it at the same time, you don't want to give the big tech the power. For example, would you trust Rupert Murdoch, uh, you know, to just ban people by his... Um, whatever he considers wrong obviously we don't right we've seen sky and we've seen how that kind of publication <laughs> operates yeah. and so i feel like we need to have a similar kind of we, um, we discussed this on the previous episode so like we made it very clear we are yeah. against being able to just ban whoever you want as a company um i think everybody has a right to say what they want but i'm just saying that you know okay if now that we've accepted that you know xyz person probably shouldn't have a platform to then to then make it so that you know it's illegal to actually deplatform because I think in some very specific circumstances it is best to deplatform people. I agree, I agree. And I feel like in those specific circumstances, once they've been breached, you know, if you make it illegal now to actually deplatform this person, you're allowing this sort of thing. Like what was that name? Asim Chowdhury or whatever his name is. That that. Uh, oh yes. That, he he should not have any kind of platform. I don't know if he does or if he doesn't. I'm not sure. I, don't, I, don't, I think he might even be in prison, right? But like, that's a hate preacher. So he mm-hmm. should be deplatformed. If you then make it illegal for me to be able to take away this guy's platform, he's going to be able to more freely, like, you know, spread his terrible agenda, which. Uh, you know, yeah, that's true. But I mean, the, the question a, it's is. It's a yin and yang thing, isn't it? I think the question is, like, is right where does the power lie? And I don't think it should lie with the big tech companies. I think it should, they should have the power, but it should be regulated by government. So they should know when they they you know when they can ban. You know what? It's all flawed, man. No matter how we look at it, it's all flawed. Because even if you say the government should regulate it, then it's going to be for that government's agenda, right? So, it, regardless of who it is, it's. But I think in the long run, it gets it, it gets balanced out because they keep you, you know when like each party gets into power, they kind of balance each other out. And ah, I mean, in the at the end of the day, they both many, have the same driver many, to not ban their politicians. So how many times have 
have the, the Labour Party won an election in the past 50, 60 years. Do you know what I mean? So well, he, he won't really it balance been 50, itself 60 out. Years, in a, in a, no, no, I'm not saying they haven't won it in 50, 60 years. I'm saying how many times have they won it in the last 50, 60 years? Maybe they won with Blair. And I think the time before that was maybe 30, 40 years before that. So it won't really, in a country like this, for example, you will always have, generally speaking, one, one form of government. And so to say that government should regulate it and that could make things even weirder and worse. I feel like if it's your... In a way, if somebody is going to have the right to deplatform someone, it should be the platform itself. So when you sign up to that platform, you sign up and agree to certain terms and conditions. It's up to you whether or not you want to abide by them. But if you don't, they've been made abundantly clear to you beforehand. And if you violate those rules and conditions, then you don't get a chance. Yeah, to but that, that platform, you're right? assuming the platform have good intentions. For example, no, like no, before, not, they could be before, the they, they could be a part. Yeah, before big tech data, before big tech companies. The media was run by Rupert Murdoch and cronies like that. We, yeah, we no, know we can't saying, trust them. I'm not saying that the, the platform is, is a good one, even if it was Parler, for example, right? Which we know hosts a lot of very far-right people who have quite strange ideologies. But if you join that platform and Parler says, for example, oh, if you, if you have any shred of human decency, then we'll, we'll de-platform you. And then you dare to show human decency on there and they de-platform you. Well, you've made that agreement in, in, in the beginning when you started to use their platform, right? So if, if, it's, if it seems as though, for example, let's say a Twitter has ill intentions and they can't be trusted and they can't be this, they can't be that, then, you know, you are signing up to use that in the first place. If, if you don't abide by their rules, then just, you know. I feel like we're in, we live in a world, for example, like, you know, every, every time you go onto a Google site, you have to accept their terms and conditions. But in reality, you don't have a choice because it's the only big platform out there that you can use. So I think this is where but, government needs to actually, they yeah, need to cooperate I with each know. other. I think, I think they, they need both, to work. I think uh, the, no matter who decides, at the end of the day, it's, they're human beings and every human being is going to have their agenda. So there's no way of really stopping. Yeah, yeah no, it won't be perfect, but obviously you have to work on it. And I think, I think legislation is a good way to do it. Um, but I'm again, not like, sure whether that, this is correct, to be honest. Look at that legislation that came out. Like I said, is it every politician who's actively serving? Is it someone who's running for a political seat? Is it anyone who has a political ideology? Like, you need to know exactly what the legislation is and there's yeah, ways yeah. around I mean, it. Yeah, I, I think big tech is expected to fight against it. It's only passed through the House and I think it can still be shot down. So it's quite early on. Um but it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, another one on on what is free speech the, and I low key do we have to Donald update Trump. what that means? I low-key miss Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie. He had a funny Twitter account. So he gave us a lot of memes. Bro, Donald Trump was vibes. He actually brought life to this. Like, Biden is boring. What do you think of Biden? Like, how do, how do, how do you think he's done so I, far? I said it before Biden came in. And I'll say it now. You know, for the author of the crime bill. He, he, this guy isn't like I, I've always said this the, the thing is I don't like Donald Trump I want to make that abundantly clear I would never vote for him in a million years I despise everything that he stands for but you know the way they painted it out was like kind of like with the ESL and FIFA where it was like FIFA was saying we're the good guys whereas in reality you're both pretty shitty people right so yeah. Donald, Donald Trump and Joe Biden to me I don't like either one of their politics and Biden's been kind of put forward as like the good guy but I don't really mm. think that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, if, for example, if you bomb, let's say, Syria, which he's done, by the way. So let's say you bomb Syria. If you drop a bomb that has an American flag on it and then you drop a bomb that has, uh, you know, 
uh, is a pink bomb dropped by a female pilot, what difference does it make? A bomb is a bomb, right? Exactly. That, yeah. That's the you way look America. At actions. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the way America kind of moves. It's like, oh, you know, we've got Kamala Harris, and she's like the first. Uh, I think she's half Indian, half black. I'm not sure, but um, so it's like, oh, you know, we've got a minority who's got such yeah, a high seat. Yeah, you know, you're thinking, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's amazing. But at the end of the day, I don't care about that. What I care about is the policies that they put forward. Exactly. Right? So if the policy is still terrible and, oh, we're still going to lock up kids in cages, but we're not going to call it a cage anymore. We're going to call it an alternative housing method. You're still locking them up in cages. It doesn't matter how you package it, right? So that, that's just the way I feel about Joe Biden. I feel like he's like a, a wrapped present. Right. But the mm. present itself is just shit. So you put a shit in a box and you wrap it up all nice and pretty and put a bow on it. But it's still shit at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's too convenient. Like his his inner circle, like he, it's too like it's to please the current vibe of like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, to have like minorities in every group. And obviously we should push for like access. Right. But for me, it seems quite forced. Like, oh, yes, the head of. Uh, like international affairs happens to be this woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That the inter like it, I don't know. Like and it's exactly like you said. Okay, then you should expect some empathy, right? Or some change in policy. But the policies are exactly the same. Like nothing yeah, has changed. Like I said, they're, they're still keeping kids in cages. They just don't call yeah. it cages. They just call it like alternative housing or something like that. So, it, I mean, what exactly have you done? He said he was going to get rid of um, student debt. That hasn't happened. Well, it's you like you I mean? said, they wrapped like, it up. They made it palatable for people now because people yeah, have like accepted. Donald Trump was yeah. such like a out there figure who just said it, said what he was going to do and he didn't really care. He was brash with the with the media. He just he just came out and said what he wanted to say, right? Biden might not necessarily do it, but I mean, to be fair, I don't think Biden can say what he wants to say because he seems rather senile. Yeah, uh, he's definitely senile. He, <laughs> there's definitely something going on there. That guy is not mentally fit. And we made the prediction before he even got elected that within two years we'd see Kamala Harris as the president. But it's like, yeah, you know, it's Biden, it's Uncle, it's Uncle Biden, it's Uncle Joe and all of this. Yeah, but what has Uncle Joe done? What is he going to do? I mean, don't be so blind to say, oh, everything's fixed now. No, it's not. If anything, mm. things are just continuing to get worse. We're on a downward spiral. Um, and let's just see how it goes. I mean, recently they released in their in their statement, uh, the White House, I believe, saying that they're in a race to win the 21st century uh, and their biggest rival is China, right? Yeah, no, Which I agree. At a time when no. there's a spike of anti-Asian anti you know, racism and hate, I don't know if I don't know if we as a society should be looking to continually compete in that sense. I think I think there's an, there's 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 a lot of truth to it. There's a there lot of truth, truth to it because China is a rising. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this many times before. Yeah. yeah. So there's that truth, but my issue is, is when they take that truth and attribute to you know like th their racist beliefs. It's like yeah, oh yeah. you know anyone who looks like this blah blah blah. Well, it's ridiculous. It's when we're talking about China, we're talking about on a political level, on a it's it's not on on your neighbor's level or the guy who lives down the road. It's not about race. It's about just nations competing against each other. But again, it's about the good guys and the bad guys' rhetoric. Like where we're supposed to look at this and say, "Oh, America's the good guy," and they're against the bad guy, which is China, and therefore we have to do X, Y, and Z to fix it. I'm not going to make a comment on who I think is or isn't the bad guy because I don't think that that exists in the real world where you're like, this person is good and this person is bad or this this country is good and mm. this country is bad. I don't think the world is that simple. It's not black and white. It's grey. Right? Yeah, yeah. But 
it's like the, the the fact that they try to win the 21st century i think the 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 further we move away from that sort of like nationalistic policy where it's like your country or mine and we try to kind of move more in a direction of unity where it's like how can we help one another mm. and build close ties that will last a long time over generations the better we are because that sort of language we've seen it in the past and, and i'm sure we're going to see in the future it leads to things like war yeah yeah Right, and that's not something that I don't think anyone wants to go through again. Whether it be a Cold War or be a World War, I mean, the Cold War right now that we're currently living through is the data wars. Mm. Right, that's so true. You you don't want to live with the threat of tomorrow everything I have could be gone constantly, and that that is the direction you'll go into if if everyone who comes out says, "Oh, it's us v STEM." There has to be a more progressive way of thinking, which is. Okay, how can we actually, we know this country is picking up power. We know they're getting stronger by the day, by the decade. How can we work things in a way where we can all work together and build a a, a coalition, a country, a a world where people are actually equal to one another and help one another rather than we keep escalating things into like a competition that has to be won via war or proxy. As much as I agree with you on like a base level, I think practically it's just not how it works. Countries, they oh, no, all never fight, work. I'm just fight saying, to win. Yeah, yeah no, I get, I get what you mean. And I think that there needs to be that element always. But you, I think also we need to accept that they're all trying to win. And the moment one says, oh, you know, let's be nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, all falls this apart. Is, the thing is, my thing is, if there at least was that intention, then I'd say cool. Like, I understand that yeah. it won't work, but the, the intention is never there. It's always a full guns blazing. It's You're going to defeat the other guy. Like, at least have some good intentions. For there, there's, exactly. There's a place for it. And it's not the focus now. Like, f- they're not focusing on that right now. And that's an uh, issue. Yeah, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's a lot of anti-Asian hate going on. There's, you know, a whole ton of a host of things. It's your hundredth day in power and you come out and say, oh, we've got to beat the Chinese. It's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. That's, that's right now is not the yeah. time for it. At least have exactly. some good intentions. Let's say, oh, let's all get together and get through this pandemic and then we can decide what we're going to do going forward. The, the anti-Asian hate, it kills me. It kills me so much because it's like, it's out. The, I mean, this kind of hate has always existed, but... Recently, it's crazy. I mean, there was that the shooting in America where they went into mm. like the Thai, I think it was a massage place. Yeah, yeah. And they just killed everyone in there. And obviously, there's that connotation that has always existed of like Asian women being submissive, etc. I'm pretty sure that's why he went in to do that. You know, people being attacked up to even in the, by the way, it's not a thing of America. It's happening in the UK as well. Yeah, when yeah, you see football yeah. players getting, you know, harassed online because of, for example, like Humin Son. I mean, he's he's been catching hell online uh, when he like let's say not doesn't perform. It's I, I don't know. It's such a weird phenomenon. I I think I can never understand it, but I try to wrap my head around why. Uh, is yeah, it? I think I think people think it's who just don't totally... have no. You know what? I think if people who don't have nationalistic mentalities, who don't who just aren't racist, just can't wrap their minds around that kind of mental illness to think, oh, because this person isn't the same as me, therefore they must be bad. Mm. But like I said, statements like, oh, we have to win the 21st century kind of, it puts, why I'm against those sorts of statements is because it puts the onus on us and them. Yeah, and yeah. when you separate it, when you forget that we're all human beings at the end of the day, it really just pushes people to this mindset of, oh, it really is me or that person. And I must hate that person because of X, Y, Z. 
No, I agree, yeah. Yeah, We need to be very careful with their words because, like you said, it always has a back. I mean, (laughs) another one I remember was, I think, I forgot who was running against Obama. It was back in the days. And a woman, like, yeah, yeah. McCain. And I think a woman asked him a question like, oh, uh, Obama's a Muslim. And and then he was like, (laughs) he thought he did a good thing. He was like, no, no, ma'am. He's, he's, he's like, no, no, ma'am, you're wrong. He's a good person. Basically uh, saying that, you know, Muslims <laughs> yeah. are not good people, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. is. It, I, I don't know. It's like, are you not careful with your words? And it's just, I feel like it's the same thing today as you're describing it. Yes, we need to acknowledge that there's, let's say, uh, a political battle between uh, two big nations. There's more than two, but there's a game being played politically. But we need to phrase it properly, especially in the media. Because people feed off this kind of stuff. Like you said, say the 21st century lies between China and and the US, then uh, the layman will think, you know, Chinese people or whatever they perceive to be Chinese, which they may not be, you know, on the streets of America, yeah, <laughs> just because they look Asian. It's, yeah, they need to be really careful. You're so right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not happy with many things anyway. But this is this is one thing that really gets under my skin that them and us kind of. Uh, speech that's being peddled constantly because they've seen that this wins them votes and they've seen that this wins them kind of elections which is yeah, oh i'm populist. i'm i'm one of you and the other guy he cares about not one of you guys but he cares about the others as well so vote for me instead blah blah like we've seen this we've seen it it's played out um but yeah my, let's to get back to the point biden's been in power for 100 days I've not seen anything from him that makes me say oh he's the good guy like i said i don't believe in a good guy but even if mm. there was one He's not it, right? He's not the one, boss. Yeah. He's not the one. So, you know, personally, <laughs> to hell with them both, uh, Trump or Biden. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's It doesn't make much of a difference for me. I want to see policies. I want to see changes. I said this before he got the power, 100 days in, I'm mm. still saying it. I want to actually see what he's going to do. And, I want to uh, see a third party. I've had enough of I Democrat, do, Republican, Democrat. Enough. It doesn't work. I want to see a middle should party. We or... talk, should we talk a little bit about Nico Omilana and him running for London mayor? Oh, that's hilarious. Because so, it's a good point that you brought up, right? We we need to get away from two-party politics. Now, obviously, Nico has jumped onto this as a joke, right? Do you, do you want to explain who he is? Sure. So Nico Omilana is part of this uh, you know, YouTube uh, collaborative group called... Uh, I believe it's the it's not the sidemen that's KSI's one what are they called again? the, the NDL uh... no he's the NDL he's got like a little group of follow his followers are called the NDL but he's part of another group with chunks and so on whatever right YouTubers yeah yeah so he's part of this YouTuber group and you know he's a YouTuber that does prank videos he does you know all sorts of comedic videos where he he for example in one of his videos he made like a not McDonald's and he kind of gave people free food and so on and so forth so He's now said, oh, I'm going to I'm going to run for London mayor. And he started off, obviously, as a joke, but he somehow managed to amass at this point in time, if people were to vote, he would have five percent of the vote. So he's in the top five. That's decent. Yeah, which is very decent. Now, him running kind of feels like Kanye West running where you're like, well, the people who are going to vote for him are going to be probably the younger generation. The younger generation would have probably voted for the Well, some people say Labour. I don't I don't agree, but. They say, oh, they probably would have voted for Labour. So what he's doing is he's stealing votes from legitimate candidates like Sadiq Khan or, let's say, Sean Bailey. Um, and realistically, if the difference was less than 5% and those 5% of people voted for Nico Milana, would that not mean that he's basically swayed the election in a, in a direction that could be detrimental to, the, you know, to London? Now, 
I agree. I, I am kind of against people who run as a joke because I feel like you're just taking votes that could have otherwise gone to more legitimate candidates. That being said, I 100% mm-hmm. want us to be freed from the shackles of two-party politics. So when there's exactly. more candidates, I love it. I love it. And I actually want to pay attention to the other candidates, right? It's just they tend to be really joke candidates. Like there's that guy, Lord Buckethead or something. Yeah, he's hilarious. And even he has more than Lawrence Fox, by the way. Can I just put that out there as well? That washed <laughs> up idiot, Lawrence Fox. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, personally, I, you know, I'm glad that, you know, he, he's run and he's showing people that actually, oh, if you come out and you have a bit of a following and you actually have a decent kind of, I mean, obviously he doesn't, but if you have a decent manifesto, then maybe you can get some votes in, in these kind of elections. It doesn't have yeah. to be Labour or Conservative because I think that's the biggest problem in the UK. I think this is more like, it's the way it fits into politics, is this is more of a protest than anything. And I think people should be able to do this to shake up governments yeah, and to, to make them think, okay, look, people are, you know, they're not connected to us anymore. We need to change our, our ways. Um, yeah, I think his, his what, number one policy is tell Boris Johnson to shush. Which is, yeah, you know, obviously he's joking, right? But it can be seen as a form of uh, protest as well, that you don't actually have any politicians who really care about anyone. And, uh, you know, he, he's just come out and said, look, cool, I'll run then, if that's the case. I can actually try and bring mm. up his manifesto and we can have a little read through. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I don't have it right now, but like, um, I'm looking at an article. They, they list some. But one of them is to build more social housing, increase minimum wage, and provide free travel. <laughs> okay, should I read you the whole list? Should yeah, I read you the whole on, yeah. So Boris Johnson will be forced to shush. Cool. I think we can all agree that Boris Johnson does need to shush. Okay. Yeah, he needs to shave his head as well. Okay. Introduce so. stop and serve, which will include three school meals. Come on, Rashford's Rashford's been doing that, but we shouldn't have to rely on Rashford. So it's a good good point again. Employ more policemen and put them straight into the Houses of Parliament, as that's where all the real criminals are. Facts. Facts. I can't deny that. Any McDonald's with a broken McFlurry machine will be shut down and turned into low-renting ho- rent housing. Mm-mm. I, I believe in that it. one. That's actually so it. funny, but it's true. All racists will have their teeth removed. I don't know if I can back that one, but I but, understand. But that. usually they don't have teeth left, but yeah. I, exactly. I, yeah, I, I understand what he's saying, because they usually don't have teeth. Um if an elderly person or pregnant woman isn't offered a seat within a minute of getting onto the London underground, they get to drive the train and <laughs> for the rest of the route. That's actually jokes. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, so let's see. Uh, what's the next one? Free transport for London under 18s and over 69s, uni students included. Bro, I can get behind that. I think that absolutely should happen anyway, right? Bro, I, I can get behind this. Obviously, we don't know what the finances are behind it, but yeah, just yeah, obviously, the thought. The yeah. thing is, look, they keep saying magic money tree, when, money tree whenever anyone comes up with these kind of policies. But we've seen that when money needs to be found, it gets found. Okay, so let, let, let's not worry about the money right now. The EDL will be deported to Poland and taken off our streets so they can learn what it's like to be an immigrant. I mean, again, I can't really say no to that. You, you know, know, that's genius. I think if you read the next one as well, it's uh, linked Citizens to it. in Poland will be given legal access to guns. <laughs> <laughs> that's so clever. Do you see Listen, that? <laughs> uh, take them to Poland and then give the Polish guns so they see what it's like. Uh, a second eye will be added to the Lincoln eye, so it becomes the London. Oh, to the London eye, so it becomes the London eyes. Interesting. 
I mean, sure, again, sure. I don't really know the purpose of that, but Big Ben will be named Big Ben Clock, so it qualifies as a BBC. Respect, respect. Free length quarter trousers uh, will be banned. Death penalty for anyone who wears them. Bit extreme, bit extreme. I agree, though. I can't lie. They, they, they can't run. <laughs> in, 20, in big 2021, free quarter lengths. Come on, oh, grow up. Grow up, please. Freeze the River Thames and allow people to ice skate across while Hammersmith Bridge is being repaired. Fair. I mean, just fair. I mean, I can't really, I can't really say that's wrong. Yo, if he does that, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Prince Andrew will be banned from going within a four-mile radius of any school. I mean, I think legally speaking, that that is quite prudent. That is like the most practical one that makes sense. That's like, yeah, it should be. VAR will be banned from the Premier League along with the Glazers. Again, ask any Man United fan or even any Arsenal fan; they'll agree with you on that one. Raise minimum wage by six point nine percent. I mean, wonderful, wonderful. I can't, I can't, I can't be against that. Turn mm-hmm. off all power in London once a year and call it Landoff. Again, look, he's thinking about the, the environment, right? You see, but you know what else it is? It's for tourism. This is big thinking. This is big brains. True. I respect it. Anyone who clapped for the NHS but still voted for the Conservatives will be forced to participate in an annual purge. That is actually uh, so clever. Yeah, that is That's actually a good so one. Funny. You, you, and you know, you nonces that do that. I, yeah. You're not. You're not a listener. But if you ever do listen by accident, you're a nonce. Go on, continue. <laughs> Immediately liquidate the Sun newspaper and use all proceeds to fund youth clubs and community centers. Again, I just it, it makes sense. Eid, Christmas, Diwali, Yom Kippur, Vaisakhi to become bank holidays to celebrate the culture of our great city. That should that should be the case anyway. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, it should that be. should be the like... case. And the price of Fredo goes down to five p. That mean, was the one that sold me. Bring back my child. That you, you see, Fredo, the travesty of what it's become. It's now become a, a rich man's sport, a rich man's chocolate. Yeah, back I mean, what, the day you like bang 40, that five p. Bro, it's like seventy five p now. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I'm actually gonna look up how much is a Fredo now. I wrote Fredo and the rapper came out. No, Fredo chocolate. I am sure it's around 75. That, that's how you measure inflation anyway. Like we're getting we're getting screwed. Yeah, Fredo is the uh, measure of inflation. No, no, okay. So it's 25p. That's five times what it was when we were a kid. I mean, we our wages hasn't gone up by five. So is this, but it's 25p if it's like uh, wholesale, like if you buy yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah, yeah, wholesale thing. But anyway, oh, regardless, that's crazy, man. So, yeah. I mean, even we started off saying, oh, it's a bit of a joke candidate, but what, are we voting for Nico Amalana then? Or what's going on? You know, you know what? I've, I'm actually like disillusioned with politics at this point. <laughs> I, I'd fully vote for him. I, Fuck it. I was going to say, I don't like Sean Bailey and I don't like Sadiq Khan anyway. So maybe I'll just vote for Nico Amalana as well. Yeah, like so. the two are horrible. Like the two options are actually horrible. So I'm just like, you know what? Why not? This is my way of protesting. You know what? Yeah, there you go. We've got Nico Amalana as our new London mayor. And let's be honest, like, if he gets into power, how much, like, it can't be that much worse. Do you know what I mean? He's just going to make, no, like, I think if anything, people like, decisions. genuinely, it'll, it'll, be, it'll probably be better if we had someone like Nico Milano in charge of London than, than uh, Sadiq Khan or Sean Bailey, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for third party, you know, for anyone to run, right? I'm not going to sit here and say Nico shouldn't run. Obviously, I understand the arguments of, Oh, if a joke candidate gets votes, then it takes away from legitimate, you know, candidates. But at the end of the day, 
you know, it is what it is. If someone is willing to vote for Nico, it means that they genuinely don't want to vote for the other candidate. So mm. they're not. He's not really stealing a vote, is he? If that's not the case. really, yeah, yeah. Honest. Because if if you're somebody who's going to vote for Nico, it's either you don't care about politics, right? Uh, or you genuinely feel disillusioned by the other two candidates, the main party ones. And you but let's be honest as well, Aaron. Vote for Nico. I think people who vote conservative are usually stronger. Like conservative really, really represent their people. When but on the other side, Labour is more like wishy washy. Sometimes they're like conservative. Yeah, I think like, Labour Labour supporters tend to be a lot more self um, self. I don't know if what the word. They're is. more critical. critical. They're more critical. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the supporters of the Conservative Party tend to be quite strongly supportive of their party in terms of, like yeah, we talked exactly. about in previous weeks. You know, it's been scandal after scandal after scandal, but the Tory Party hasn't really lost any of its core support, um, because the people who vote for them really, you know, believe in in the Conservative Party to to a fault almost, where it's like regardless of what you do, we will support you. So, yeah, the better of the two evils. I think that's the way they see it. Yeah, I mean, that this is the thing. Everyone sees their party as the better of two evils, whereas really, in my opinion, what you should be looking at is why should we be the better of two evils? There shouldn't be any evil at all. Like, why is this our mm. two options? Let's vote for someone else. Let's come Vote Nico. The, yeah, vote Nico, man. Fuck it. Like, well, there you go. We're giving him... <laughs> but why not? If Donald Trump Nico, got into power, think about it. If Donald Trump became the president of the United States of America, that guy was on like a TV show, do you know what I mean? Doing Dragon's Den. Yeah, Surely yeah. Nico stands a chance just to be mayor of London. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I'm not... I'm actually not against it. I'm kind of for it. I'm, I'm actually for it. And if, if he yeah. becomes mayor of London and he does well, run for prime minister. Do it. <laughs> it'll be funny to see and uh, you know um like i said how much like you said as well like how much worse can he be than than what we currently have yeah, yeah exactly yeah how much worse right. can he be yeah. so let's end this segment there so vote for nico mm. should we finish off now with talking about that movie that you suggested last week in the vrp uh, movie club right yeah go on yeah so, so what, what did you think suggestion was what uh, it was the the art of self-defense the art of self-defense and it had Jesse Eisenberg in it as the main guy uh, what did I think of the movie I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I thought it was a good movie give us um, a brief overview give us yeah sure so it's it's a bit of like a a, a strange one it's like a, an indie movie I guess you'd call it because it wasn't it wasn't ever released on like a huge budget or anything and it's it's one of these movies that Jesse Eisenberg kind of uh, does where it's not necessarily it's like Vivarium where it's like a smaller budget film but it's, it's kind of a cult classic I guess you'd call it um, so it's about this guy who is rather shy and timid and kind of like an, an outcast at work and in life just generally speaking and he joins a uh, karate club right because he wants to you know he wants to become stronger be able to defend himself etc etc now the club that he joins is basically a cult. I mean, the, the the longer he goes in it, they've got like night classes and stuff. And if you get called to a night class, then, you know, you, you engage in illegal activity and so on and so forth. But it, it's kind of like a comedy, but not at the same time. I mean, it was a very strange thing, but it was kind of, as I watched it, I kept going, oh, this is a cult. Like it's a karate yeah, club. I was much, like, oh, yeah. that's a, that's a cult. That's a cult. And, um, yeah, it just shows him as a yellow belt and he, he's like ego growing and stuff. And mm. I just thought it was a very interesting film. Uh, I it's, it's the funny because was really messed up though. Oh, the ending was funny. <laughs> he just straight up shot the guy in the head and then said, oh, 
I'd done the one punch kill thing, one finger kill thing, and uh, you know, um, I'll do it to you guys as well. But it was it was good. It was a good film. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite. Um, I think it was pretty funny because like they touched on some truths of just martial arts in general, where there is a there is a kind of cultish mentality, if that makes sense. You know, definitely. with the belt system and it is is pretty funny because they kind of play with that quite well into the hands of the comedy um i thought it was really good i I thought the plot was good as well we're both like uh you know that black belt level at at, at our own respective martial arts so watching that i really like felt like i was back in the dojo because i haven't done it in like 10 years but i was i really felt like i was back in that sort of environment where it's like the black belts are above everyone else and when you first yeah, start yeah. there is like a hierarchy there which is almost cultish as you said so um that was you know which part was really funny to me where he he made the belt mm. he made the oh, yellow belts was, um, and the green belts yeah. and the blue belts and then he just gave the guy with the black belt a regular black belt and he was like oh my god i can't believe it i was thinking what <laughs> so he just gave you a belt like what does that even mean um but yeah that was it was a good film i think uh you know, the, I think for the, me also the the night class. I, I really the night class was funny because I don't know my old club used to have a night class as well, and it was for like more advanced, uh, let's say, practitioners. It was basically a, a more rough uh, uh, version of what we usually do. Yeah, <laughs> but it got taken like way out of context in the in the film where they'd go in and beat each other to a complete pulp, like blood everywhere. So it was pretty funny. Yeah, good film. I don't know. What would you give it out of five? What would I give it out of five? Um, I would give it... Okay, so let's let's recap the movies that we've already done, right? So we've mm. done Donnie Brasco, we've done Butt Boy, and we've done uh, Compliance. So I thought that this one was better than those... Well, I didn't think it was better than Donnie Brasco, but obviously it's a different genre, right? So, yeah, so I don't really it's know a different how genre. to it's more indie. It. So I guess you could compare it to uh, Bout Boy, right? Because it was a it was a similar kind of. Is this meant to be funny? Is mm. it not? It was kind of like weird, dry humor. So compared to that movie, this is one much better. So I would say maybe I'd give this one a three and a half. I'm teetering to four, but I would give it a three and a half. Mm. What would you? Give I it? think I'd give it. I think for me, you're right. It's definitely better than Bout Boy. Uh, Donnie Brasco is it better than Donnie Brasco no but it is a different genre so I don't think you can compare it's like apples and oranges I think around three to four I'm happy to settle for 3.5 I think that's a good yeah yeah okay so we'll give this one a three and a half rating um obviously we're very very strict here we won't give a four or five star to any movie like that right but this is a three and a half so that's that's pretty decent with regards to what we've suggested so far um, so should I give a movie then? Yeah, go for as it. As my next one. So uh, if you recall, I kind of gave you an option of do you want something a bit more comedic that's different or do you want something that, that's a bit more like, you know, makes you think? And obviously you mm. originally picked comedic, so I said butt boy. But um, this this movie that I want to say this week is by, uh, it's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, right? right. Uh, it's called Enemy. Right, Okay. And the director is Delis Villanueva, who I really love. Um, he's, he's done a few movies. I think Sicario was one of them as well. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a very good movie. It's called Enemy. Enemy. Uh, it'll okay. make you think a little bit. Give it a watch. It's a 2013 film. Uh, yeah, and we can we can talk about that next week. But yeah, so for this week's movie club, we've reviewed, uh, you know, Art of Self-Defense. We've given it three and a half stars. And our next movie suggestion is Enemy from 2013.
Uh, yep. And so thank you for listening. And if you guys want to have a bonus episode, then join on to our Patreon. Uh, remember, the proceeds from the Patreon will all be going to Solace Women's Aid, which is a charity that helps out women who have been in abusive situations. Uh, they do some fantastic work. If you go on to any of the um, bios we have on any of our social media pages, you'll find a link straight to their website so you can donate directly to them. Or you can join our Patreon, kind of help our podcast grow as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, all of the proceeds will be going to Solace Women's Aid. And if you switch over now to our Patreon, you'll get our bonus episode. Thank you. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You? That was bloody brilliant.